Fanatics bring the drugs. Get ready for Solomon's. Hey, giving the glory to God. Yeah, you're hanging with Jason and Sean. Get ready for Solomon's. Keeping it real, keeping it relevant, ayy, come hang with the squad, Hey, let's talk about it, talk about it, CHA should a movie scene, got a lot of questions, throw them in the air, from the east to the west and everywhere in between, uh, let's get it, let's get it, we going in, you ain't heard about Solomon's, where you been, sit back and relax with a cup of joe, here we go, I'll let the show begin. Welcome back to Solomon's Porch with your host Jason. You, you look a little bit creepy right now, sir. A little creepy. Yeah. You gonna say anything? Now? Yeah, we're recording. Oh. And you gotta remember we got podcast and YouTube, so Oh, oh, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was just dead air then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean it's got podcast listeners are kinda used to it anyway. I will well, say though, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Uh somebody hit me up this week and asked on Facebook what song we play during the show. And I was like, Oh snap, we got listeners of the podcast because like he would have only known there was a song with sell out a corner in it. If he listened to the podcast, right. because I don't really talk about the music that we actually play on the podcast on the show anymore. So I thought it was cool, man. It's, it's good just to know there's oh. people still out there rocking with the show. So, uh, but yes, welcome back to the porch with your host, Jason and Sean and, and Sean and Sean. And remember again, and we are on YouTube now and on I'm podcast. So you can check, all of the different platforms, subscribe, like the videos, all that good stuff. Help boost the algorithms. And uh, sponsored by True Strength Apparel. Head to truestrengthapparel.com. I just ordered a hat because he's got the new website up. The new website. So you can go check that out. And I have the Pride Comes Before the Fall hat. And it's black with a gray brim. So I'm looking forward to that coming in the mail. And I will cool. hopefully be rocking that on the next episode that we do. Also... Uh-oh. Peyton Goldston, I'm all yours. Uh, he is the another sponsor for this show. As the year comes to an end, I've been reflecting on how good God is, even when things around us don't make it feel like he cares, says Goldston. Despite the events this year has brought, meaning 2020, mm-hmm. we are still alive to see another day. The new song is an expression of his love to God. So make sure you go check that out. Support those that support the show. That keeps the show going. And yes, we are officially trying to raise about, what, $2,000 for a new computer for this show? So we can do a better live stream so Sean's not all glitchy at times. And uh, just to make it a better experience. So, And that computer, at a bare minimum, is going to be about $2,000. So, anyway, let's move on to some news, sir. All right, well... Uh, you know, we've been talking about Black Widow, it seems like, forever now. It, it's definitely been over a year. And, um... Kind of, sort of. It's... Well, yeah, because, I mean, it was supposed to release in May of last year, so yeah. we were talking about it this time last year. So, it's it's been at least a year now. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so, um, Disney is, I think, it's has finally come to grips with the fact that they're gonna have to try to release... Black Widow in whatever limited capacity it can be in, uh, in theaters, but then also do a D plus release to be able to try to make up some of the money that they're going to lose from there not being enough uh, access to theaters or people willing to go to theaters. And it, and it makes sense. I mean, you know, everything else that they're releasing, everything else that's coming up 
is dependent storyline wise on what's going to take place from Black Widow. Yeah. And so you can't move forward with anything else until it finally releases. So um, I, I, I don't think we're going to get another push out. Uh, I think, it, you know, we're definitely going to get it uh, when it's slated for in May. Uh, so yeah, my daughter would kill me if I didn't know, but I don't. So it's rushing at anyway. the back room. I will say this though. I found out part of the reason why it's been on hold and this is, uh, conjecture, but decent conjecture, and it does make sense. Is part of the reason why they haven't been able to just throw it on Disney Plus without some type of theatrical release is because of Scarlett Johansson's contract has some sort of theatrical release that is uh, in her contract stipulated. So that might be a reason why they haven't done this the way they did Mulan. And I do know that Disney is reworking all of their contracts with the other cast for the MCU because we don't know how long this is going to last. They don't know how long people are going to avoid theaters or if the theaters are going to really pick back up the way they were before COVID. And so they're trying to rework all that stuff. And it would just make sense to be able to do that because people who are going to see it in theaters are still going to go see it in theaters. And then other people, I think, who didn't want to go to theaters would probably pay a little bit extra to see it in the comforts of their own home. And so, and then some people might do both. Yeah, well, I, I definitely know in this household it'll be both. Exactly. Um, so they'd yeah. make more money that way. Well, yeah, and, and it makes sense. So. Yeah. But, uh, yep, and uh, we've had some sneak peek uh, pictures for Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, don't know how much anybody's uh, been a big fan of Thor throughout the comic book history. But, um, you know, there's been other people that have played Thor or, or that has taken on the Thor mantle. Um, and there's been some spinoff um, such as Thunderstrike. And it turns out it looks like Thunderstrike's jacket is going to be the new jacket that Thor will be wearing, which is yeah. kind of cool. It's got this sort of sleeveless rock and roll kind of feel to it. Uh, I think it fits with uh, the whole Star Lord kind of feel, anyway. So, uh, and Guardians are playing a big role in this movie. So uh, oh. James Gunn has been doing some uh, some communications with uh, Taika uh, on this movie, so that that way the characters stay in sync and has the same kind of feel. So, um, it's I'm kind of excited about it. I think it's going to be a really great movie. So they're going to be Coat Brothers is what it's going to be. Yeah. See, I was kind of upset that, you know, Tony Stark and Doctor Strange didn't do the whole, um, was it facial hair bros? Yeah. Because in the comics at times they have similar facial hair. So they were like, you know, mustache bros or beard bros or something like that. I was upset they didn't do that, even though they did have a good dialogue in the film. So, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for Thor. It's supposed to still be a Thor Odinson film, not just a, the mighty Thor, which is Jane Foster becoming Thor. Uh, she is going to be in it and there is going to be a part of her carrying the hammer, but we don't know if that's going to be part of the comic book storyline where she gets cancer and somehow she acquires the power of Thor and gets possession of Mjolnir or if it's going to be an alternate reality, being that we've got the multiverse now, 
and she might just be Thor in whatever reality that is. So that's what I'm guessing is going to be the actual um, situation. But moving on to some teasers. Uh, Yeah, either way, it's going to be really good. Uh, Yeah, so the Super Bowl uh, is supposedly getting some Marvel teasers. Um, So what exactly? We're not entirely certain, but, you know, we can suppose that it's going to be uh, some Winter Soldier and Falcon, uh, some Black Widow maybe in there. So, you know, as if there wasn't enough reason to watch, um, you know, you know, certain expatriate uh, quarterback fail and lose in the Super Bowl. But besides that, it, you know, the commercials are always worth watching anyway, and now even more so. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what it is that they end up teasing there. So, you know, WandaVision, we did a review on WandaVision, and I think overall we weren't too favorable with uh, our review. We, we just we weren't feeling it after the first two episodes, um, but now we're we're four episodes in, and without giving any kind of spoilers, um, or at least not really much in the way of spoilers. Could could you could you give us a feeling about where you are now? Are, are you liking it any better? Is it fleshed out more, or is it just as lost in limbo? No, it's definitely picking up. It's getting better. The I mean, the first two episodes to me they were good for what they were. It wasn't okay. it wasn't great MCU content. It was just interesting to kind of see a different uh, aspect of their story. However, have you seen episode four? Yeah. Okay. I really love what they're doing now. Uh, mm-hmm. Without any like spoilers necessarily, unless you you know I mean if you're on social media at all, you do know that they finally jump into the real world you get more information about kind of the what's going on from the sword angle with the um, what's her name? Monica Rambeau's character. We get Jimmy Choo. <laughs> um, or what's his Wait name? A minute. Now, 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 now you are giving spoilers. Well, I mean, they're in the trailers. I'm not giving you anything that wasn't in trailers. Okay. Well, then uh, in that case, you know, Darcy's shown up. Yeah, yeah. So that that was cool, and, and seeing her and and and, and Jimmy like their uh, their on screen chemistry was great. It was absolutely, and and I think it very much needed, especially when you're yeah. talking about from that that quote unquote real world sort of perspective where everything's really serious and and you know fairly matter of fact. We've got this nice little play in there. It's it's not even a banter. It's just a nice playfulness in there. But, of, of course, uh, I can't think of the actress's name for Darcy. I mean, sarcasm just oozes from her naturally anyway. So it, it just makes for a, a, an extra nice dynamic, I think, that the show really needs. I just and, wanted to uh, get her a cup of coffee. <laughs> Actually, I kind of want to get a donut or something. But, but anyway, <laughs> it was good though. I think it's getting better. It's getting more exciting. We're getting more story, so you know yeah. we're going to move along. We're only four episodes in, and I'm I'm really excited to see how things progress from here. So yeah, me too, me too. All right, so uh, still keeping with some Marvel news. Um, you know we've sort of talked about it before, but there seems to be more whispering going on that, um, you know, whether it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or if it's going to be S.W.O.R.D., whatever, 
but specifically we're hearing agents of shield coming back and it coming on to d plus keeping the same continuity that they had from abc and uh so that means you know same characters as well and uh i i I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of like the idea of it moving on into a sword thing instead of keeping an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but at the same time, I mean, I always enjoyed S.H.I.E.L.D. There were definitely seasons that were better than others or some that just weren't that awesome. Um, but uh, I always enjoyed it, and I love the characters. kind of feel invested in the characters anyway. I mean, you know, who doesn't love Coulson? Just saying. Yeah, I think it's... They need something for Earth, you know. Swords more, you know. They're they're trying to get out into the cosmic world, the the cosmic threats, and I think having something that's more Earth based is good for the Earth based characters. And I think if they keep that separated, then I think it'd be a little bit easier. But it, I don't know. I had, it, I had go ahead. Oh well, I was gonna say, but I mean, Shield was already kind of going there anyway, so. Yeah. True, true. The uh, I was going to add here that is not on the news I didn't put up there, is that so they announced the Secret Invasion. Uh, I think it's a show, which will have Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson, and it's going to have scrolls, obviously, because they're the invaders of Earth. And so that's coming, and so I'm excited to see that. And uh, something that was interesting I saw this week was Keanu Reeves. He's got his own comic book called uh berserker or Ber- i don't know how it has announced but it's b-r-z-r-k-r and he's encouraging people to go shop at their local comic book shops which is pretty cool and yeah. you know, we, we, we've always encouraged people to go to your local comic book shop to read stuff i mean i'm not gonna lie i, I got marvel unlimited and dc infinity uh because i like reading all the old stuff and i just don't have room for everything that I want to read in my house and I don't have the money to buy it all, but I, I do still buy stuff from a local comic book shop. And so right. Keanu Reeves is also encouraging you to do the same. And uh, yeah, to... so Berserker is uh, an immortal half human, half God uh, who happens to resemble Keanu Reeves himself. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's something that he's got his hands all over. Uh, which is interesting. So I'm pretty sure in the comic book, he's going to have several guns, more guns. Yeah. Well, you, you get this, you get this image of sort of a cross between John Wick and Wolverine. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I, know. I'm, I'm interested. I, yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet myself, but, uh, you know, we don't get to our, our shop and, you know, that often because it's kind of far away, but yeah. it might be time for a trip. I'm going to see if he's got it. I'm going to make sure he's got it. So uh, yeah. so Justice League, the Snyder Cut, is set to release on HBO Max on March 18th. So we're a little more than a month away. I'm really hoping they have a whole lot of footage tomorrow, or not tomorrow, Sunday night during the Super Bowl. It's going to be a four-hour film. Not a four-part, one-hour series. A four-hour film. So I got to make sure I'm off that day because I'm going to sit there and watch the whole four hours. And and not too far after that or before that is actually going to be Godzilla vs. Kong, which is also going to be released. And uh, I'm excited to see that. But I'm way more excited to see the Snyder Cut. We need to have like a 
a Justice League party or something and uh, celebrate okay. that. Also, uh, so you have uh, well, I was going to, I was going to mention that I just started reading a Star Wars High Republic book, The Light of the Jedi, and I'm only a few hours left in it, and it's finally starting to pick up a little bit. So the book is a little lax. I don't know if it's just because there's so much world building in it that they can't just jump in and full steam ahead. But anyway, show, I'll let you go into that. Yeah, so Star Wars, if you if you follow or if you um, get emails from StarWars.com, uh, there's the show Star Wars High Republic show. Uh, it's debuted. Um, it, it has already debuted. It's been out for a little while, so as of this recording, but uh, still relatively new. Um, it explains a lot about where they're where they're going with High Republic, what they're trying to do. Um, they talk about some of the collaborations that were taking place between authors and creators, um, and, and it's uh, it, it was less than twenty minutes long, so definitely well worth the time to be able to sit there and watch it. And I would definitely encourage that you watch it because there's a lot of great graphics and artwork that uh, helps to give you a better sense as to what these characters look like. And so if you're going to read or, or listen to it, a book on, on audible, uh, pick up the comic books, um, star Wars insider. I, I mean, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. It, it's almost overwhelming the avenues in which there is information or storylines out there for star Wars. Now yeah. um, it, 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 you almost have to have a second job to keep up with buying everything to be able to stay in it all. So uh, a, a little bit disappointed, slightly jaded from a Star Wars uh, fan myself. But uh, but anyway, the High Republic show, definitely worth watching. Helps explain things. Yeah, as I was looking through the, the images that were shown, I thought it was pretty cool to be able to put images with the characters you're reading about, which is helpful. Right. And uh, especially the the Nihil characters, because for some reason I was I was envisioning the characters similar to uh, Inquisitors, but they're nothing like Inquisitors, right? Like at all. And so it was helpful to see those. So real quick, just some just something kind of random was uh, I saw that Netflix reported two hundred three point seven million subscribers for the last quarter in twenty twenty, the I highest, the highest rating or the highest uh, subscription count for any streaming platform. So Netflix beat out HBO, Disney, Hulu, everybody, which was interesting because so many people dropped it when cuties came out. So now it's not new subscribers. This is just the number of subscribers they had for that last right. quarter in 2020. So I just thought it was really interesting that they were able to maintain so many to the point where they were still the number one streaming platform as far as subscribers go. So, um, so yeah, man. Uh, real quick, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please, we are trying to grow that. We have this show content up there. We're going to have album reviews, all sorts of other stuff, Bible with Bordeaux. And we're going to try to do some YouTube exclusive stuff as well that just function better for YouTube and not podcast platform. And we also have some merch, all of that stuff. There's going to be links in the description on podcast and YouTube. So you can go check out all of our different items that we have. And we're still kind of sort of working on that on the back end. So hopefully we can have some more stuff for you to check out. 
And uh, let's go into some music news. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm listening to uh, Brutality's album. Right okay. Now. Uh, yeah. Well, um, music news. Uh, Relent is uh, working on uh, their new album. We've talked about that before on the show, but they do have a new single. Think you got it? Um, I like it. <laughs> I like it too. But I, I definitely thought when I heard it, I was like, uh, Jason's gonna dig this because it's got that old school rap rock feel to it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And they did a really good job too. Yeah, so. yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's even if you're not like necessarily a big fan of rap rock, uh, this this still stands out just the same. So yeah, man. Uh, August Burns Red uh, dropped a new single, "Standing in the Storm." Um, also, a fairly unique video to accompany it. Um, I, I'm not. What do you think about the video? Was that the animated one? Or yeah, kind of animated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have a lot of like amazing thoughts about it necessarily. Uh, I don't know. It takes a lot of a music video to impress me. Well, I, I would say this. I enjoyed the video more than I enjoyed the track. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's 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 a decent track. Don't get me wrong, but it 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 didn't make me sit up and go, "Whoa, dude, that's that's something." Um, not that the video necessarily did that either, but it it. Uh, it it was it made it more interesting I, I think so but anyway still check it out uh, especially if you are an August Burns Red fan um, if you are an August Burns Red fan you've probably already heard, listened to it but if you're interested check it out uh, it's definitely worth uh, picking up anyway just the same on February twelfth it's just right around the corner Love and Death release party for uh, Perfectly Preserved. So they are doing a live streaming release party. You can buy tickets for as little as $15 for the release party, which seems to be kind of the going rate these days for a live stream concert kind of event from a, from a band. So not too bad. You can get a bunch of folks together, and they can all chip in a couple dollars to be able to pay for the one ticket, and you all can sit there and watch it together. Um, but they do have packages as high as... Twelve hundred dollars, uh, which includes, I think, a guitar or something like that, uh, some vinyl, a T-shirt, or whatever. But they have other packages that cost, you know, that vary in in price between those ranges. Yeah, I saw that. So, and I was like, man, somebody's going to spend their tax return on that, right? <laughs> so yeah, man. Moving on to some CHH news, uh, we have Flame. He dropped an EP, Christ for You. It's kind of in a vein of a series now. So he did the other album that he had, uh, uh, Extra Nos. And that one was just talking about his transition to more of the Lutheran theology, where in this one he kind of continues to go that route. And he's almost speaking against Calvinism. But this whole entire EP is like a Bible study on the body and the blood as far as like Passover... The, the Last Supper, that kind of an idea. It's like a whole six, seven song EP on that. And uh, like it just kind of keeps flowing from one to another. So if you're not a fan of deep Bible study type of stuff, this is probably not going to necessarily be for you. If you just want something kind of fluffy and lighthearted and just something to vibe out to, this is not for you. This is a person who is very interested in theology and doctrine 
That's what this is for. That's what Flame has been on here lately. And he's kind of always been like that too. So, But in this, yeah. he specifically is diving into the body and uh, the blood of Christ. So uh, also, AI the Anomaly from God of Our Money has a new album called Souls Acrylic. And I got to say, man, she impresses me every time she releases something. She just is very unique. She's very artistic. Even the artwork is uh, phenomenal. And, you know, she was on my EP, so that, that gives you more reason to check it out. So, uh, but, I mean, just in general, she is probably one of the uh, best rappers in the CHH game right now, in my opinion. In my opinion. Definitely one of the best artists as a whole. So, GB, he's not a stranger of the show. He's got a new track called I'm Tired. And I gotta say, as soon as I heard Dave Chappelle at the very beginning, I was extremely happy. And it's not funny, Dave, though. It's Dave when he was talking about the George Floyd incident. And uh, wow. so he's just talking about being tired of, you know, the, the kind of things What's that went on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. but it's still a great track. Go check it out. And Brutality, they have a new album coming out. Yeah, I don't know how this got so far down on our <laughs> list. It should have been up at the top. So, yeah, Brutality's uh, album, Worldwide Desolation, it drops uh, this Friday as of this recording. Uh, so probably by the time that you're listening to this, it's already out. Um, you can still get physical CDs if you're one of those people that like physical CDs. Yes, that's me. I, I actually pre-ordered a CD uh, at Rottweiler Records. And, uh, or you can just go ahead and get the download. And uh, what's usually really cool about their downloads is that you get to pick what format you prefer. So if you want it just as an MP3 or if you like FLAC files, you can download FLAC or WMA, whatever. Um, so if, if you like the high, lo high quality lossless files and you've got a media player that supports that, um, you, you can download those types of files. Um, so really That's pretty, pretty cool. neat. And we're going to be, uh, we're actually going to be in our interview. I'm going to be interviewing them this Friday, actually. So we'll have an interview with that band up this weekend. And also we're going to be doing the album review because we got an early sneak peek of the album, which is the first. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So we'll be doing that on the show as well today. And so stay tuned for that. And also Rare Breed. Uh, yeah. Rare <laughs> dropped some remixes on us. And, yeah, uh, and I, did you get to listen to them all? Yeah, man, I, I I got the I got the email, and then you sent the email to me, and uh, so I listened okay. to it twice. But you know, Aaron Simpkins over at True Strength Apparel, he hit me up, and he said, "Man, I really love what Rare is doing right now, and yeah. just uh, just what he's doing with those remixes on TikTok, and to me, he he legit is one of my favorite Christian hip hop artists, like just." hands down every time he drops a single um really excited to hear it everything he's done for the past several years has been great these remixes are great and you can just feel the sense of worship in what he does like, well th that in and he's you know he's exploring this new uh god twang yeah um uh, twang uh thing going on Twain thing. Um, <laughs> twain thing. Bang, flang. I don't know. Anyway, um, you know, Fight My Battles remixed was really good. I, I, I dug that a lot. Um, I really liked Mood. Cool. That, that cool. was probably one of my favorite tracks. So, but you can only get these tracks if you, uh, if you subscribe to his email, right? Yeah. Yeah. Head over to rarebreed.com. Go follow him on Instagram, rarebreed.com. And you'll be able to listen to those, watch them, and all that good stuff. 
because of remixes of secular songs, he can't necessarily release them on regular media platforms. But if you're right. on the email list, you get to listen to them via Dropbox. So uh, shout out to Rare for doing that. So that's it for the news. We're going to be back. We're going to do something a tiny bit different in the next segment. This will be a first. Yeah. So we'll be back with that. Stay tuned. First of all, the peace of God is peace with God. I should have lived the life he lived. I should have died the death he died. But he blessed the bride. After all, yeah, we are his rib. The church is Eve. Lost rebels with the gift to breathe. Educated in the school of grace. Yeah, most styles are just dented, rented. My style is repented, lamented. Now we surf trying to catch the wave. Obey what the master say. Take our past to the barber and watch it fade. Then we spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. Hey, he made wine and he, he made music. He made poetry and I use it. He serenades the soul like a jazz artist with a saxophone in the zone. You can find me in a secret garden where we use blood to nurture roots. And at night, we meditate on the stars like a young Simba trying to seek the king. Don't put your soul on the crab table trying to deal it. The wise have knowledge but conceal it. The righteous are a tree in his house. We don't just say life is a gift, we feel it. God is like a fortress. This world is Gotham City. Lord, please intervene. Cause life is prone to villains. Burn all our fig leaves, clothe us in your peace. A superhero who died to show us the greatest is the least. That's when we catch vibes. And then we wanna fly. There's a joy inside. It's about time that we shine. Let it shine. Beauty with mystery, the pearl of great price. A fountain of water to spill A mountain that's silent and still Oh Lord, if you see that bad sign, come quickly These trifles are making me ill And when you come with your cape, don't forget a capsule of red pills Cause Lord, I wanna see like you, think like you I wanna kiss leprosy, heal like you I want a polygraph that makes you gasp No one can pass, pass it, and keep it real like you When the enemy's at my gate and all hope is lost I don't wanna leave the sun, I won't leave See, I'm tired of just looking like a knight The truth is I wanna bleed like one Bleach my wrongs and bitterness With mercy that's limitless Synthesize grace in your sentences Then relax, sit back in the lounge Sip wine while I dine The songs of deliverance Strive to mature While I live, I just wanna bless homies with a cure But when I die, I don't want a mural Just a testimony that's pure I'm out Solomon's Porch with your host Jason. 
Hola, buenos uh, dias. And Sean. Yeah, man. So we're back with another another interview. This is going to be a first. So we're not strangers doing reviews necessarily. We, we, we've reviewed some stuff, usually movies, TV shows, things like that. We got a brand new one. Now, this is something that Sean and I both enjoy in general, this particular type of a thing. And uh, so Sean had recommended that we try it, see how, how it was, and then we would review it later on the show. So, Sean, you want to break it down on uh, what we're actually reviewing here today? Sure. So, you know, uh, by the time that this uh, recording is out there, uh, we're looking at Valentine's Day rolling up on us pretty quick. And uh, so, you know, what better to get you in the mood for Valentine's? This is how you introduce it as a Valentine's Day thing. Then a coffee that increases, a coffee drink that will increase your libido. So if libido is just too fancy of a word, uh, and this is a coffee drink that makes you want to have sex. Okay, maybe so, we should uh, preference. If got young preface. listeners, I guess we need yeah, like yeah. some sort of disclaimer to come up there and, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's an aphrodisiac. Um, it, it makes you it makes you want to. It's like oysters. And, and take care of business. So anyway, they recommend a strong brewed coffee, however strong it is that you can take it. Uh, Jason and I did this coffee drink um, the last time that we recorded the show, and uh, we thought, well, let's go ahead and give it a shot, and then, you know, we'll see how things work out i guess you could say um but uh it's it's the strongest brew coffee that you can take um you add maca that's m-a-c-a it's an aztec root um in a uh, ground powder um and then you take cacao powder uh so raw cacao and if you're not familiar with cacao it's it's part of the uh the um cocoa chocolate bean thing um cinnamon honey and coconut milk and they say that all these elements have some sort of property that help to increase energy and uh flow or whatever i'm not trying to be too descriptive here yeah yeah Um, Let's, let's, let's keep that at a bare minimum so you, you you take all that stuff and you actually you, you kind of need to put it into a blender so it gets mixed up really well, and and the powders don't ever actually fully dissolve so you just want to mix in together as as best as you can, and you probably want to drink this thing um, quickly. You don't want to like let it sit around for a while because then the those powders will will start to settle down in the bottom of your cup. So we yeah. we tried to this, harden. To, yeah. Um, so anyway, we tried this this cup of coffee, and uh, we actually used uh, Lenoka's, um No, I'm sorry. We actually used an espresso uh, that you could buy from the store. So we tried to make everything as universally uh, store bought as possible. So uh, we used. Um, oh goodness, I'm trying to think of the. It, we bought it at Food Line. So Tell you what, it, we'll put the ingredients. We'll, we'll we'll put those on the in the the description of the show. We'll put the recipe up there so you can try it out. So you can go try okay. it yourself. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. So we'll, we'll do that. So Cafe Bustello. Your... Oh yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah. So anyway, we brewed up some Cafe Bustello. We uh, actually used a an AeroPress. I don't know if you're familiar with those. You can Google it. Uh, they're fairly inexp- uh, inexpensive. And if you're looking to try to make espresso, uh, it's probably the best way to do it, uh, especially without it being overly complicated and uh, expensive. So anyway, so we, we brewed up the, the espresso from Cafe Bustello. Um, Actually, I found both maca and uh, cacao, raw cacao powder at Walmart. So, um, Cafe Bustello also at at Walmart, too. So, you technically can buy all this stuff from Walmart. Um, Coconut milk is very easy to find. It's usually on most every um, ethnic aisle, uh, usually over in the uh, Asian or Thai food sections. Um, and then just your, your raw honey. And, and we used, we used an all organic raw honey. We actually went to our, uh, health food store to get that. So that way we got the best quality that we could get. Cause they do say the better, the quality, the more effective it is. So for whatever that's worth. So we tried it, we drank it. Jason went home after recording and, uh, you know, it was, it was at my house. So, uh, I stayed home, um, so how'd you feel? Uh, I don't know, man. Here's the thing. I don't have an issue not wanting to, you know, do, do stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's like as soon as the opportunity uh, appears to be approaching, I'm already ready. So gotcha. that's kind of how I am anyway. I got three kids and a teenager in the house. So I'm pretty much ready to go at any moment's notice. So I can't say that this really helped me to be more ready than I usually already am. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it was good though. I will say the flavor was good. I thought it, it tasted good. It, it was like, you know, like you said, a little kind of powdery. It almost felt like uh, similar to a protein shake that wasn't mixed up well enough. Is yeah. what it kind of resembled to me. And so it was not like a smooth coffee drink. It's It's a little more like a powdery coffee chocolate type of a thing obviously depending on how strong your coffee is that's going to make you know an impact too but it was good though i will say it was actually a a decent drink if i were to own a coffee shop i would want that served and then have room in the back people can rent to so were you able to put into practice whether or not it it helped with um, <laughs> the duration or um, rigidity of practicing. Honestly, I'd say I don't know if there was a huge difference. Again, it's just not a struggle of mine, so I can't say it helped me overcome anything. And okay. uh, I mean, that's just me, though. Right. So. Yeah, well, I I didn't actually we didn't have an opportunity um, for that for that evening, um, and they say that you you should drink this once a week to be able to help uh, or to reap those benefits, and um, I you know yeah I wouldn't necessarily say that later on down the road that I I necessarily experienced anything, um, but you know. Maybe if you're drinking it on a weekly basis, maybe it'll make a difference. I don't know. Um, but, you know, in general, 
uh, a, a good dose of caffeine before activities is is <laughs> is usually helpful anyway. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. I mean, it, it has proven. Um, you know, and anything that helps to increase blood flow is always, you know, a, a positive uh, attribute to, um, you know, getting things working. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, so, uh, sex coffee. We'll we'll <laughs> post up that recipe if you're interested in it uh, for Valentine's Day. If that makes a difference to you for any reason, you can do that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. You know, we just thought we'd try something a little bit different. And, um, it, you know, it, it, it even boasts that uh, it makes things more intense when they occur. So sometimes they don't always occur for your partner. But um, uh, who knows? So it's like a KY coffee drink? KY sex coffee drink? Or it's uh, it's coffee that's ribbed for... <laughs> Anyway, let's, let's all move right. on. All right. I think I think yeah. let us know if we need to do more reviews like this or try things. I think it'd be interesting dynamic for the show to occasionally try something that's a little more exotic and you know, tell people what we think about it. I think it's, you know, good and comical and I don't know how many Christian platforms are doing something like this. So maybe we'll be the the first to really dive into it. Any any good biblical Christian Podcast, not just podcasts that say they're biblical, but they believe a whole bunch of other crazy stuff. So, okay. yeah, man. So, uh, so Sean, thank you for the suggestion. I I enjoyed the drink. I thought it was good. If nothing okay. else, it's a good coffee drink. So, all right. Yeah, man. So we'll be back with another segment. Make sure you stay tuned, and don't forget if you're on YouTube, grab that subscribe button, grab it, smash it, pound it, whatever you want to do with it. We'll be back. Just like your coffee. Ah. <laughs> uh. Chop it up, part two. Man, you already know what's about to happen. <laughs> Mr. Rowe. Spitting quicker than a head trigger. I was looking at my check, wish it was a head bigger, like an afro. I ain't down for playing no games, no hasbro. Some of y'all are steady trying to cheat like the Astros. Bad pro shop, cause you always with the camouflage. I ain't trying to bend in, I'ma be a man of God. Wishing that we care about Christ like Santa Claus. Y'all know my delivery is fast like Amazon. Rapid happens, it just be simple as mathematics to me. I'm snapping without the app and I'm making classic movies. Right to me, cause I've been cooking and they ain't know about me. Try to do me dirty, but keep in mind you can never tell me. Shopping like a lumberjack, I don't care where your numbers at. I've been making classic records, you can just call me Thundercat. All of my homies, five stars, you can't defeat the pack. Trying to outdo my balls, you can't compete with that. Lyrical Hannibal. Cannibal beef with an animal, free from the manacle, flame up inside of me, flammable, make it understandable. I used to worship the capital, wait for the rabbit, oh, now I love it, case me no capital. Dime porque tu me quieres para, yo no sé, sé cuál es tu problema. Tranquilo con esa nariz en el aire, yo vengo para romper sistema. If it came about my mother, promise, boy, I've been about it, ain't no second time, inclined, I'm when the people change around me. Son, I live it while they pivot, if I'm tripping, I'm gone. I've been a villain, other critics, while I can live alone. That's a lot, my leg, I'm adrenaline, when I break, I'm sick of the faking and shaking, and Thanos open to make it. All I hear is, shut up, I'ma make a holler, you to make a living when I run up like sheesh. Chop it up, 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 chop it Yeah, yeah. Look, there's no other name 
Kenny Moss with a vice. If you wanna scrap with me, then the cost is your life. Get across that I'm nice with the bars on the mic. And the wicked flow that's always part of all that I write. Now I sat as in my circle, people think I'm xenophobic. I'll be chopping up opponents to the drippy hemoglobin. Need a moment, you can have it. I'll be not stopping the pop shots go. But it's not like I told an automatic. Use a metaphor, a metaphor. By any measurement, I'm better than veterans meddling. We're rapping the facts, I'm actually accurate. Same act as immaculate when attacking the pack of them thinking I might deserve a metaphor. No witness a prodigy rapper. Gotta be snapping to put these rappers out of work. Like economy crashing, the one you ought to be backing is me. I got him reacting to everything. I spit the obvious fact as I'm the goat. Welcome back to Solomon's Porch with your host Jason and Sean. And we are here doing an album review of Brutality's new album, Worldwide Desolation. So we were blessed to be able to get a early listen to the album. And if you've been listening to the show, you know, we've been talking about their music for a while. I actually have on my Brotality t-shirt. What? So I forgot I had this. When I was looking through my, my closet, I was like, I need to wear something that's very suitable for this evening's show recording. And I found this hanging up. So, uh, pretty cool. I enjoy being able to where for this goodness i got uh hiccups so anyway uh rottweiler records they are signed to that record label and i will be interviewing them later on this week so you'll be able to get to know the band a little more in detail about the actual members and things like that so we're going to be uh doing a review of this album if i'm not mistaken it's their first full-length album and it is they do have a couple of singles from the album they've already released including salting the wound Foxhole, and wasn't one of the other ones a single as well, or am I mistaken? Uh, Prisoners of the Abyss, yeah. uh, Legion Falls. Okay. Yeah, and, and those were kind of maybe EPs. So Prisoner, uh, Prisoners of the Abyss, along with Legion Falls, was uh, uh, sort of an EP, a, a dual release, along with Foxhole, Dirt Nap uh, as, as one. Okay. Uh, but prior to that, the singles, Salting the Wound and Spiral Out. So... The, uh, the three band members, just real quick, we have Bryce, who's 18, guitar and vocals, Reese, 16, bass and vocals, and their brothers, and then we have Liam, 15, drums and vocals, and I want to say, just kind of starting off, like, I was very impressed that, you know, people of this age, believers of this age, could do an album like this, you know, I, I'm kind of jealous whenever I was, you know, when I was in the band, and I was the 16-year-old I was nowhere near as, as good as, as these <laughs> young men are. So, um, so let's dive into the album, man. Uh, I don't know the best way to do it. Uh, this isn't going to be like a, a good, bad, ugly situation. This is just going to be just a breakdown of the album and our thoughts on it. Do you have any, do you want to share the overall thoughts first or last? How you want to do it? Um, you know, let, let's, um, let's go ahead and start it off uh, with overall and then we can break down some stuff. Um, can, can you throw up the graphic of the album cover? Yeah, let me do that, because that yeah. looks great. That is a killer album cover. Um, you know, they've had a couple of others that were, were decent. I, personally, my favorite had always been the one for Salting the Wound. It's got the Grim Reaper on it. It's really killer looking. This one, I thought, yeah, this is they're 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 finding a niche here. They're finding where they belong. You know, the, this band has been um, as as I've been following them myself. 
that um, you know I've I've said before here on the show that if if you could take like an early Metallica or uh, Megadeth, that's kind of where they are. But they're actually now really moving into their own sound, and uh, that I think that's what's probably the most exciting about this album is that there are some tracks on there that really exemplify that. So the opening track is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, we were going to do our overview. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> and that ahead. was my suggestion. Yeah. So anyway, um, I you know, um, so six of the tracks, six four. Yeah, six tracks, sorry, um, were tracks that have already been previously released. So whether that's, a, you know, oh, boo, half the album was already, you know, released, whatever. Um, you know, one, I, I don't mind, you know, supporting them anyway. Um, and the <laughs> they're still great tracks anyhow. Yeah. Um, so... Overall, there weren't any surprises with half the album. Um, there were some very standout tracks. We've got, uh, you know, two tracks that are um, all instrumental, which I thought was really kind of neat. Um, I think that helps to give some diversity as well as uh, shows a little bit of maturity within their album as well. Not real sure that I liked the layout of the tracks so much. I think there could have been a little bit of rearranging there um, to be able to make it feel like a a, a, a better cohesive project. Um, but uh, definitely some heavy stuff and, again, some very mature sounds from them. Um, you know, we talk about how young they are, and they catch a lot of that all the time. All these kids, they're so young and all this stuff, and... I, you know, I, unfortunately, they're probably just not going to get away from that until they're yeah. in their twenties at least. Yeah. Um, but you know, their voices that, you know, they're still young, but they do a phenomenal job. They've got some really great growling on here. They've got some really great sung tracks. Um, and, and, and it's, it's certainly only going to get better. Um, which is kind of amazing because as it is, they're still on my regular uh, playlist uh, along with Fit for a King and Damon Hunter and Wolves of the Gate and, and all those guys. So, Yeah, man. So <clears throat> my overall thoughts, raw, rugged, unique, not overproduced, which which kind of gives us the, the, the rawness. Uh, yeah. Just overall great work. I think they sounded comfortable in their sound and they sounded confident in their sound. You know, a lot of times when you hear, you know, especially what I, what I hear in, in Christian hip hop is people are trying to find that sound and they seem uncomfortable in some of their early music. Uh, brutality does not feel uncomfortable in their start. And the, the drummer sounded great too. I think, you know, going they're going through the album, being a person who has played a little bit guitar, just a little bit, barely enough to even justify saying I played guitar. You know, I'm listening for solos, for riffs, things like that, and I couldn't help but also to notice that the, the drumming was great in it as well. So I definitely want to give out uh, a shout out because I think a lot of times drummers get overlooked. So Liam, you nailed it, man. You nailed it. Yeah. And, <laughs> And uh, overall, I, I love the sound. Well, I love the amount of solos. 
Like, again, being a guitar person, I loved the fact that there were so many solos in this, and so I could appreciate that. So let's jump into the actual album itself, starting off with the intro. And uh, and, and for me, you know, I, I felt like there were a lot of great riffs in it, and I felt like it was a, a great way to start the album. So how did you feel about the intro itself? Well, you know, it's it's all instrumental, and um, we get this sort of like almost kind of weird moodiness right at first, and then it gets kind of heavy and, um, I don't know, like outer space, psychedelic almost a kind of thing. I, I don't really know how best to describe it, but it was a really great sound. I, I think that what it does is it helps to illustrate their creativity. You know, they're not just pigeonholed to you know, hammer-ons and, and hard riffs or something like that, but just, you know, some really great quality guitar work. You know, you, you pointed out that Liam on the drums is is doing a killer job, and he does, um, you know, but even with, you know, Reese on bass, I don't feel like the Reese gets quite as much attention um, as, a, as a bass player myself. Uh, I love to uh, hear a lot of good bass riffs, and you know there wasn't a whole lot of awesomeness there. There, there's you know some, but I, I will say this though, you know, Reese spends a good deal of the time singing, yeah. so yeah. you know it, it's it's hard to do both. And, and and you know, I mean, there's only a handful of bass players I think that we could name that do both exceptionally well. Um, Bryce growls awesomely, but getting back to this this is where they just get to show off just this creative musical sound and um i don't know it's 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 one of my favorites it definitely stands out to me um it's short because it's an intro yeah but i think it's a nice way to bring the album in yeah yeah so the second track foxhole and uh you know i dug the solo in it and then I love the transition to the uh, breakdown in that track. A lot of the breakdowns in this album I, I really enjoyed, but this particular was kind of the standout to me. How about you? Well, you know, this is one of those tracks that had been previously released. And actually, as soon as it released and, and I listened to it, I, I had to buy this track. It it, it spoke to me. I love the lyrics. Um uh, in fact, Reese even did a video about uh, behind the lyrics, uh, so you can check that out on YouTube. Um, and he just—I—I I don't know, man. The, the maturity within the lyrics even is is really pretty cool. There's there's really nice depth within um, what it is that they're they're putting out there uh, lyrically. And uh, Foxhole was one that I just really related to. In fact, I kind of wrote a little short story that I was inspired, that the song inspired me to write. Um, nothing published, don't worry about that. But it was just, I, I felt energized to, to write something because of this track. So it actually has a special place in my heart anyway. So um, definitely a fan of it. That's awesome, man. So number three, Salting the Wound. To me, this it, it the when it slowed down, it felt like Metallica a little bit for me. And, yeah. Uh, but I love the breakdown in it. Again, I think the breakdowns on this album were awesome, and even the intro 
uh, guitar riff, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. And, yeah. you know, when the single came out, I listened to it multiple times. I thought it just, it, it worked well. And so, how about you? Well, yeah, again, when this track released, uh, it was released uh, earlier last year. And, um, it, you know, it was... It, I was, and that's when I started describing the band as like a, a Metallica kind of sound. Um, it, again, just nice, excellent, heavy track. Um, it, if if your head isn't bouncing a little bit at least during that track, then you need to check your pulse because it is it's just that kind of an awesome heavy track. So, yeah, and they they released a video. So here's they, they did like a live, yeah, kind of live life. home home studio type of a thing, which I thought was pretty cool. And, and they've done that uh, with a few different things. They've done some live performances, kind of in studio, in house, and you know, and, and I enjoyed it. And you just, you know, one of the things I, I I really can't wait to ask Bryce is how much, how many times does his hair pull from the guitar? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's one thing I gotta know. I gotta know. So I'm gonna find that out later on but uh you want to kick us off with number four and, and a couple of the next ones sure so i'm actually i've been listening to the album so if you've noticed i've had my my earbud in so i've i've been listening to it constantly and not listening uh, to and that happens to be the track that's on right now <laughs> i am fire i am death um and i'm listening to this really great guitar solo um we're about at the mid song solo halfway in yeah. Huh? Mid song yeah. solo. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's it's just complex enough. There are other solos that I've heard. Um, I think uh Empty Existence that sounds very repetitive and just kinda like, okay, yeah, I got it. But that one was really nice and and just feels like it felt natural. It didn't feel forced. You know, you, you talked about that before about how there's, you know, they feel comfortable with where they are and what they're doing. And I feel like that this song feels that way. It's it's not my favorite track, and, and it's probably not even in the top three favorite tracks, but it's still an excellent heavy track for sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed the, uh, the fact that mid-song, they kind of had a Metallica feel. It, like, built up, like, slowly. Uh, Mid song and, and and I enjoyed that, and uh, and to me it was good that each member had like its own instrumentation with the the long breaks, and that's one thing that I thought was good with this particular song, and um and, and the breakdown close to the end there yeah, but it's like you know whenever I I think about live performance and I hear songs and I'm thinking what is the lead singer doing during these long instrumental parts of the song. Do they just go out back, smoke a cigarette, drink a beer, come back out later? And so having those those long breaks is good when each band member plays an instrument. And so I yeah. was thinking that's good for this album or for that particular song with that that space in there. But I enjoyed that though, and I'm a fan of that. Like I was really as I was listening through, I was like, I really wish they have one song that's just instrumental, and they do. But we'll talk about that later on when we get there. So number five, yeah. um, Biohazard. Th this one, this is a new track, just like uh, I Am Fire, I Am Death. The these are brand new tracks. 
Um, we've not heard them before until now. Um, Biohazard's probably one of my more favorited, favored tracks. Um, I love the intro with the chainsaw. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why. You know, I'm, I'm not normally a gimmicky kind of guy, but, you know, it's, it, I don't know. I, I, I dug it though. Um, you know, did you go Leatherface on it? Good, huh? Did you go Leatherface when you heard it? Yeah, sort of like that. <laughs> you know, there's good transitions in here and it feels comfortable. There's, you know, there's another track that, that they have where the transitions don't feel quite as, as natural, feels a little more disconjointed. But this one definitely flows well from transition to transition. Yeah, um, I agree. The, the intro was great, and I actually had it in here. It was a great transition as well. Even with the guitar mix, the way they changed mm-hmm. the, the effects of that guitar, I thought that was brilliant. And so, and I was wanting more of that on the album. And, uh, but it goes back to, you know, that's what I meant by this is like, it's, it's kind of a raw album without a, not a whole lot of, uh, post-production that they can tell where they've gone in and changed the sound of instruments and all these things. This sounds like just like old school disciple. Like just kind of, yeah, uh, almost kind of like a, a garage band. Feel yeah. Almost. Yeah, which is fine. Like I'm cool with that. I ain't got a problem with yeah. it. And uh but it was good to have those those little extra tweaks here and there that changed it just a little bit. Yeah, so, it's it, it's a it's a well mixed garage band feel. Yeah, yeah. So number six, empty existence. Uh definitely a longer uh one of the longer tracks, not the longest, but second to the longest at six, uh, almost seven minutes. To almost me almost seven, yeah. The hooks are great. The um, the solo stuff to me in this one, and I, I love the the great cohesion of the the different band members' instrumentation during or going into excuse me the outro. Just how everything was. I'm one of those people like I want to hear the bass, the lead, the rhythm, the drums. I want to hear them all marching together to one one to to be the same drum. Or a drum of the same, yeah, beat of the same drum. And so th- that was one thing about this that I really, really enjoyed was that. And and again, you know, I felt like there was a, the, the hooks felt a little more comfortable to me than, than maybe some of the other tracks. And for you, sir? Yeah, I, I don't know that I could really um, contribute much more to that. You know, it's it's... Again, it's it's a brand new track for for fans, and um, you know, there's there are times when I feel like you know I want more growling, maybe even, um, and and this is probably maybe my only real kind of criticism I think of this track is maybe a little bit more of that, but um, it's again, it's another just solid song. Um, I, I love the lyrics in this and, uh, it's, it, it's, it definitely ranks up there as one of my favorite tracks too. Yeah, man. You know, lead off number seven. Prisoners of the Abyss. So, uh, this was a previously released track and, um, I, you know, I, I'm not real sure where to go with this because honestly, I freaking love it. Um, <laughs> it's. You know, I, I like I said before, it released. 
it's it's like salting the wound. I just couldn't help but like go, yes, please more, give me more. Um, it's one of the more mature sounding tracks again, yeah. and um, I, I don't know, man. It, it's it's more frequently played than probably most of any of their other songs. Yeah, I will say the very beginning of it, the symbols sounded like Christmas. It felt like Christmas, which I thought was interesting. Okay. <laughs> like if you hear it at the very beginning. The 155 to the 224 mark, that, that hook, that bridge, whatever that is, it felt the most professional. And like like it it, it was comparable to all the major bands that are out there, in my opinion. And uh, and that to me was like I listened to him multiple times, and I was like, this, 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 that's that's a production that I'm cool with, and it felt like something you would hear on the radio, something you would hear mm-hmm. on all the you know, most popular playlists, things like that. That particular part of the song, that almost thirty second clip, just felt really, really, really good, and also the drum solo and the outro, I loved. I love that on this song. And um, I got four exclamation points behind the outro. So, <laughs> Well, and, 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 you know, and that's all part of why I said, I, I feel like that this is probably one of the most mature sounding tracks. It, it is probably the most complete, well-rounded songs that they have. And, and you nailed it. it. It definitely sounds like something that you would, you'd hear on the radio. This is an excellent radio track. Uh, I think that it, it's got just enough breakdown in it that if you're not into like really super heavy metal stuff that you, you could totally dig this. It, it has a little more of a rock, just a rock feel or a hard rock feel, but um, definitely, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'd love to be able to hear this on the radio. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's on my radio all the time. <laughs> so number eight, Dirt Nap. The, um, for, for me, I didn't have a whole lot spe- specific for this track. The only thing that I said, which was, uh, probably the, the only kind of the only, I don't want to say gripe, but thing that I felt like it could be improved is the intro r- riff sound very similar to salting the wounds. I could, it, it almost felt like it, it felt very similar, just in a, a different, um, octave in a way. And so mm-hmm. it was hard for me to continue on through the song because that that sound I kept hearing salting the wound in my head because I just you know I heard that song a lot more. So that was the only thing that really about this track where I was like or about, about this album where I was just like uh I might have would have changed that if I was uh you know part of the you know on the production side of things on that track. But uh how do you feel about it? Uh, you know, I like the little drum intro that, that they do. Um, the, the breakdown in it is really pretty decent. Um, it's not a track that has stood out to me again. It was previously released. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily new, um, music for us. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't even necessarily a really big standout for me compared to a lot of others like Foxhole, which, you know, and, and that's, I guess maybe that's part of it is that the two songs released at the same time initially and Foxhole right. is just such a killer track that, uh, 
the dirt nap just kind of pales beside it. So, yeah, yeah, true, true debt, true debt. And this is how you know we're being honest because we're giving our our constructive criticism and not just saying every track's awesome. So, um, it, yeah, I mean, we we love supporting these guys that. And we definitely want you to go buy their album for sure, absolutely yeah, without yeah. a doubt, and 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 not just you know we don't get anything from that, uh, except for the knowledge of of being able to share this, you know, look, you know, some th there's going to come a day when people are going to be like, dude, who's brutality? What? Oh, hey, have you heard this band brutality? And yeah. you're going to be like, yeah, bro, I've been listening to Brutality since, man, they were teenagers, you know? <laughs> and it's going to be one of those things, you know? And people are going to be like, why? You know who they are? You know? And and they're going to just be totally killing the scene. So, yeah, man. Um, you know, get on the train now, man. I, I'm sorry. Okay, so where are we? we spiral out? Man, that intro bass. This is my favorite intro on the Hell album. And, and, you know, to me, yeah, it's, you know, again, as a bass player, I, I was, I was you know, happy to hear it. And this was my first introduction to Brutality. Uh, they had other um, songs before this um, that they'd done, but this was uh, their first um, track that was released while signed under uh, Rottweiler Records. So, and because I subscribed to Rottweiler Records uh, emails, I got this information and I was like, well, let me check out this band Brutality, you know, and uh, listen to the song. I was like, wow, that's impressive. Yeah, man. The, um, so again, best intro kind of felt like Project 86 a, a tiny bit, some of their early stuff. The, uh, it was a smooth transition and long intro which I, I really enjoyed. I love the breakdown in it. And then again, the drums toward the very end, very impressive, very impressive. Uh, this was another one that I really enjoyed. I thought, you know, this and, and uh, Prisoner of the Abyss, Prisoners of the Abyss is probably two of my favorites. So uh, Legion Falls, Legion Falls, it, best intro again is what I put because I love the intro to this one. The, uh, the only thing I didn't like and this is probably my second criticism of the album is I, I wasn't personally a big fan of the, the, like the, the fast going slow kind of a thing that they did. And it felt similar to some system of a down and not the kind of stuff that I really, really enjoyed uh, system of a down. But I, I did enjoy the second half of the song. Uh, the second half I enjoyed more than the first half and I rocked out to it. But again, I just think that that kind of that slow, fast switch up or the fast, slow switch up in those other guitar riffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of that. And so, yeah. but some people are. And so, you know, those who do appreciate it are going to like this. So, but yeah, I just feel about I, it. I, and specifically, it's the reason why I don't listen to this track. Uh, I, I can't get into that either. It, it, again, killer intro, but that it sounds too neurotic uh, mm. to me. 
Um, but you know, frankly, if that's the worst thing I've got to say about the whole album, <laughs> that's good. I, I mean, there, there are a lot of other like huge name album uh, artists in albums where I'm like, meh, meh, meh. There's one decent track on it, you know. That's not the case with this album. There's a lot of great tracks on this, and and probably Legion Falls is probably the only one. I I think the thing is is that with this track is that part of the reason for doing that was a creative decision. Yeah. And it plays well with the lyrics. So if you're following where they're going with uh, with this lyrically, then the sound matches well with it. So I think, I think of it more like um, if you're listening to an opera or, you know, uh, uh, a rock opera, you know, there are going to be some parts that maybe just, eh, whatever, but they're done that way to help accentuate what's being communicated. And I feel like that that was the choice here. Uh, as a standalone track, just doesn't really work for me. But Gotcha, gotcha. So what about the, um, the instrumental garden? How'd you feel about that? Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> Uh, okay i i loved it <laughs> uh i mean it's it's acoustic and it just it's it's not even a show off it just it feels like you know they started off instrumentally um but electric and you know still kind of moody and garden uh it sort of feels like it, it rounds that out to yeah. me this honestly should have been the last track Mm. And and for that very reason, so that way you're bookending the album with you know this great instrumental and rounding it out at the end with this instrumental, going from you know this this electric sound that's euphoric to this like really I don't know vibey acoustic thing at the end that just um, it's like like know, brutality man. unplugged. I yeah, and 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 I like a lot of uh, heavy bands unplugged and stuff, so. Yeah. This is this is this is one of those tracks, man. I I I wish it was longer than only two minutes and nine seconds. As soon as I uh, saw I, I the time, of it. as soon as I saw the time, I was like, "This is the instrumental track I've been waiting on." Yeah. Uh, you know, and so you know, like I said earlier in the album, I was really hoping for an all instrumental track. And it's not because I don't like the vocals; it's just because I like a good instrumental track. And going with the acoustic, I felt like was a uh, was a good move. I enjoyed it, and honestly, when I was listening to it, I was like, "Please don't let there be vocals," because I didn't want. I mean, I, I haven't heard either one of the guys sing a like a ballad, but I don't feel like every band has to have ballad type of song or ballads on their albums, and so I was glad that this didn't. And. Yeah. I didn't want them to try to experiment too much. I mean, they might be able to sing ballads. I don't know. But I, I was really happy. And being a person who enjoys playing acoustic guitar, uh, it just, I, I really vibed out to it. And uh, and probably, like, I, I think I would have enjoyed the acoustic going into, like, a light, uh, a light electric. Uh, kind of similar to, you know, like a Stairway to Heaven type of a feel in a way where it just kind of builds up. You know, so again, I would like you said, I would have liked to, I would have liked to have been longer, and played around a little bit more uh, creatively with some other instrumentation in there, 
But, you know, they're not working with a full orchestra, orchestra where they can do all sorts of crazy stuff like that. So, Well, and, and, and to me, you know, the, the bass really stands out in it. But I would have liked to have heard maybe, you know, an, a nice little bass solo within it or even a little bit of a drum um, solo piece within it. I think that they could have fit all of that in there and have done something that wasn't, you know, so heavy and, and loud and and still kept that same vibe, but allowed them to play around a little bit uh, each in, individually. Yeah, man. So the last track, the longest track at two seconds short of nine minutes, the, yeah. way, the, the way of suffering. So this is opposite of 11. So how'd you feel about this, this last finale of the album? Well, it, again, you, you know, to me, I, I didn't think it needed to be at the end of the album. Uh, I could have taken this right after Legion Falls and then given me Garden. But I think I feel like I, I understand where they were going with it. Um, you know, even if you're just looking at the, you know, the titles there, you know, you go from the garden to the way of suffering. Um, you know, what are we talking about here? It's kind of obvious, but, um, I don't know. It, um, it didn't really stand out a whole lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it was a good, well-rounded song. It there wasn't anything that made you go, "Oh my goodness, what?" Um, but just kind of adds into the fullness of the album, I guess. Which again is why I feel like it maybe should have been just before the end, um, so that that way you still got it all in there, and then you finish off with the smooth acoustic. So I I don't know. It it, it made it. I think the other part was that even as many times as I've listened to the album now, um, I get through Garden and I go, oh, yeah, there's this other <laughs> track. And, and, and you know, it, it's it's sort of like I've had dessert. Oh, there's another course. Really? Oh, it's chicken nuggets. You know, I've I've had steak. I've had you know, fancy dinner and, 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 and everything else, and, uh, oysters as appetizers. And then I've had this really nice, you know, creme brulee dessert. And then, you know, I, I mean, who, who doesn't like chicken nuggets? We all like chicken nuggets, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's still it's like, okay, all right. But, you know, it'd have been better if you'd given me chicken nuggets earlier in the meal. It's at least Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. If you if you're oh, gonna yeah, call yeah. it chicken I'm not nuggets, like McDonald's, like no, like, no, <laughs> I thought it was a good track. Uh, again, like nothing about it really really stands out. So like you know, I listened to the album through twice, and then I kind of went back through and took my notes as I was you know kind of listening back, snippeting here and there, and you know there's there's and this is going into kind of my overall, the ones that I knew I wanted to go back to, like for sure was Empty Existence, Prisoner of the Abyss, excuse me, Spiral Out, Garden. These are the ones that I knew I wanted to revisit. Like, I made sure to, to remember those names. And so the, the, um, the Way of Suffering, like, I knew it was the last track and it was the longest. And I think, you know, I was, you know, 
the last snipping through trying to find a lot of changes and there, there was some repetitiveness in it and uh, which understandably is the last track so you know i get that uh there's a lot of bands that have that kind of on their last track but i do think maybe garden would have been a better ending track and i think you know way of suffering could have been shorter somewhere toward the middle and it probably would have worked a little bit better overall um I, I sort of wonder if they weren't trying to do kind of like an ABR kind of feel where, where right. they do sort of that, like that one epic track at the end. And, 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 and again, it's, it's, it's a really decent track. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's the solo in it um, almost about halfway through, which is really nice. I, I mean, I, I really like it a lot. Uh, again, I, I think the thing is, is that it, for me, it gets lost after Garden, um, and, yeah. and and I don't know. I you know what probably would have been fun is to have had this released as either like a uh, bonus track or uh, as a single after the album. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, twelve tracks. I felt like overall it was a good cohesive project. I yeah. felt like. Uh, there were definitely standout tracks, which I've already named. Uh, you know, if there were tracks I was less not 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 bad tracks, but less impressed with, I would say it's Dirt Nap and The Way of Suffering. But uh, overall, man, I'm glad I pre-ordered the album. I'm glad we were able to get a sneak peek of it. I'm so grateful to be able to do this, man. Uh, to be yeah. able to be some of the early reviewers of the album is great. And, uh, and it's an honor on our end. I know, you know, they've, they've told us they were honored to, you know, for us to share their stuff and all that. But it's an honor to be on this end of it. And yes, boom, there's the shirt. Actually, I'm grateful. Sean actually bought this for me. So uh, thank you, Sean, for that. And, uh, and yeah, man. So, uh, you know, come back later on this week. I'm going to have an interview up with all the band members. And uh, it's going to be good. I think one of the things that it was interesting to me is listening to the album and kind of looking at some of their photos and some of their social media posts. Cause they're, they're fun loving guys. Yeah. And then yeah. hearing this they're, album, they're just having a good time. And so I'm just like, listening to this album and I'm thinking, I'm curious. I'm like, I wonder what they did there in the, you know, like the writing process of what, what were some of their fun loving things that they were doing. That's part of what I was thinking about. Uh, as I was listening to the album. <laughs> so, but anyway, that's our review, Brutality. Uh, it is releasing on February 5th. So uh, I'm not sure when this will post, probably on the 4th. But either way, make sure you pre-order it, order it. Uh, go follow them on social media, all their, you know, YouTube. They got some hilarious stuff up there. And they have a really funny Dr. Phil rendition of a video. Just go make sure you check it out. And, uh, and yeah, man, we'll be back with another segment stooned, stooned, another segment soon. So stay tuned. <laughs> like okay. Bryce's guitar. Your backside. You ain't alive cause you let them control ya. Dead man walking and you don't 
I'm bringing spotlights to dark nights who act nice. It's all game till they hit you with that throat slice. One in fame, so you uttered the name when it came time to act. You're the first one running. Yeah. You can't change, can't operate. Can't do it. It's too late when you're six feet under. Nothing to say when you're face to face. Okay. And now you waste away. Like the grave that you laid in. There's no more light to show. Now your foundation is. Welcome back to Solomon's Porch with your host, Jason. And Sean. Oh, is this your uh, kind of uh, exotic introduction into this topic? Yes, welcome to the Solomon's Porch. All right, so just just beware. This is adult content, this segment, so don't play this out loud with kids around. I don't know what we're going to say, so that's why the warning is coming. We're not intentionally going to say something that's, you know, like, whatever but uh but we're definitely going to talk about some stuff because this segment is called sex on the porch that's the title of this topic and uh we we kind of talked about this a a long time ago back early days of the show and so we figured we'd address it again uh obviously we've grown and matured in our walk with christ and we've been married like three years longer now and we're on youtube now and we've got new listeners and all that good stuff so I figured it'd be good for us to, well, actually you figured it'd be good for us to talk about it again. And with Valentine's day coming up at the time of this recording. So jumping off, uh, one, the church really doesn't talk about sex openly enough. I feel like it's that weird taboo subject that nobody wants to touch. And I don't know if it's because they don't want to talk about it around kids or, if they just feel like it's so personal, which it is, that it should only be kept between a husband and wife and never mentioned anywhere else before. And I feel like that's why it's ending up in a bad situation in a lot of marriages, even Christian marriages. So uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about 
especially with Valentine's Day coming up, is objectification. Sean, you want to kind of dive into that? Yeah. Um, well, real quick, you know, uh, we called this uh, segment Sex on the Porch. Have you ever had sex on your porch? No, I have not. I, 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 I totally not. have had sex on our, on our screen porch. So, um, I, you know, there's something exciting about that. Um, you know, n- not necessarily to where, you know, people are going to see us or anything like that, but, um, you know, you're outside and it's a different environment and, uh, you know, spice things up a little bit. Um, and you I'm got a hammock too, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's not get into too descriptive yeah. territory. Yeah. So anyway, um, <clears throat> but, um, the healthiness of the uh, of of a marriage um, is th- there's a good portion of that that is dependent upon uh, on your sex life, and so a lot of that comes down to communication. Uh, when my wife and I went through uh, marriage counseling, one of the things that I had expressed that was a a, a absolute necessity for me was communication because I felt like so long as we could communicate with one another, you know, whether we're having financial issues or uh, a disagreement about uh, or a challenge about how to raise our children, uh, whatever was going to come up, whose house we were going to for Christmas day, whatever it was, uh, communication was paramount. And so if we could not learn to communicate with one another, uh, we were going to have a breakdown within our marriage. And so that has to naturally extend to uh, sex. And so having some time to be able to do some bedroom talk, by the way, guys, don't ever do it right after having had sex, okay? So <laughs> you, 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 you got a question, you wanted some feedback about something, whatever, um, you know, Wait until like maybe you're you're two of you are in the car and you're going somewhere and it's just the two of you. Say hey, honey, you know whatever uh, your question is, but definitely talk about it. You need to make sure that you know whatever it is that you're doing, whatever she's doing, whatever your desires are, whatever her desires are, are being communicated. Um, not everything can can take place either, though. So, and that's where I think part of this objectification comes into play for a lot of guys. Um, if you have been uh, a a guy that um, had a good amount of life that you've lived before you were saved, so meaning you probably have some pornography experience. Um, objectification is something that almost comes as a natural extension of having consumed pornography. And um, because it, it, it's always just a, a means to an end. So then you begin to see um, the woman in your life, the wife in your life, as the object to which you get gratification. Yeah. And so then you also have a tendency to say, I can only get gratification if she does this, then I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I get mine. Um, and there are some things that some people just don't do that, that, that they're not comfortable with doing. They're not willing to go there or it, it has some other kind of 
you know, negative uh, emotional impact on them. Uh, it could be something that kind of goes back to some other trauma that they've had. Um, yeah. Whatever the case may be. So, you know, you know, you may, you know, prefer to have some anal intercourse. Well, you know, she, she may not particularly want that because that's something that, you know, maybe was traumatic for her. You know, I, 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 honestly, we go to the doctor and you go to the proctologist and, you know, I'm, I'm like traumatized for months on end afterwards. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know. But just the point is, is that, you know, there are all sorts of other things that you need to take into consideration. So, you know, discussing these things with uh, your spouse is absolutely essential. And um, that's where we then take um, your, your, your other half to this equation and you validify them. You, you give them uh, their due respect and, um, you, you know, you, you were lifting them up and creating them as an equal as opposed to um, just, you know, hey, you're here to please me. Yeah, I think we have to have that, that reciprocation in mind. So, you know, it's like, how can I best please her instead of how can I use her to get this uh, release? And something else that we got to understand, I wanted to pick it back up what you were talking about on what people are comfortable doing, not doing. One of the things that you got to understand is women have, you know, uh, statistically speaking, women go through more sexual trauma than any, than, than a man does. And they obviously with women having women friends, they hear about a whole lot more sexual trauma than we ever do. You know, because they have friends who have gone through terrible things or their mothers may have, their cousin may have, their aunts, their grandma, so many other women they're connected to. So all of these stories get spread. You know, I mean, not like lies, but like, you know, these these experiences that they've heard of. And you got to think about it. When when you're the, the, the male, the man that is, you know, the only sexual partner your wife has, you know, you got to be the trustworthy person that doesn't feel like he's forcing his preferences on her because so much of what she's probably heard is how men have forced themselves on upon other women. And so we got to understand, like, this isn't about just me getting my sexual gratification met. This is about us connecting together. Like, I'm not saying sex is not or can't ever just be a release for the two, but I feel like it needs to be understood. There needs to be clear uh, communication on, you know, what are boundaries that we are going to adhere to. And you should want to know what she's comfortable with and not just want her to know what you want. And uh, so I think that communication, Sean, is 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 extremely clear. And, uh, and just to kind of continue on with that, you know, in, in Genesis 4, and I tell people this all the time, is, you know, one of the things is, you know, sex is the most intimate way you get to know somebody. And it says in Genesis 4, 1, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And so it's the most intimate way of knowing somebody. Even whenever, you know, God references adultery, it's because, like, they went to, you know, kind of go be with other other gods, false, whatever. 
but he equates that that oneness between his his people and himself uh, as as a knowing as an intimate relationship. And so one thing you want to know is you know, and I think this is why it's sex is for a marriage is because that's like almost the last step in getting to know somebody. That's like the thing that, that connects that now I know you in every possible way that I can at this moment. Yeah. And, uh, and so anyway, or, I, or at least it, it should be. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of folks have a tendency to take the Ephesians five uh, 22 uh, scripture out uh, and say, wives submit to your husbands. Uh, and, and, you know, it's like, okay, you know, but did you read the rest of it? <laughs> it you know, um, well, that's not even talking it, about, a, like, <laughs> you know, it goes on to say husband is the head of the wife as Christ is head of the church. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Now, what does that mean? Right. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing through the, um, uh, with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or blemish, but holy and blameless. And it goes on. I'm just saying, you know, let's, let's, let's make sure that we're, we're, we're really putting this into full context. It, it, it isn't, you know, oh, well, it says that you're supposed to submit to me, so I want to have sex, so, uh, you know, get over right. there and let, let's get on with it. Part of all of that is that as you, as the head of the household, as, as men, um, of course, we're speaking as men, so uh, ladies, if you're, if you're watching this or listening to this, I, I, I apologize. Um, I, I can only speak from my perspective, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to be able to say that um, he has actually the burden of lifting her up yeah. to making her more important to sacrificing himself for her glory, oh my goodness, what? I, I, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. So, really, guys, honestly, your your sexual gratification comes secondary, as far as I'm concerned. If you want to use this scripture that way, that you know, that's what I would pull from that. But you know, it, there there otherwise isn't anything else that really, you know, speaks about sex unless you're getting into the Song of Solomon, which is, you know, very erotic and fun to read with your wife sometime. Well, I, I was going to point out First uh, Corinthians 7. So, yeah, just real quick, um, I'm just going to do a couple verses. It says, Now concerning Amen. the matters about which you wrote, it's good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman because of the temptation... Wait. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband, this is verse three, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. It's interesting because he points out that the husband owes his wife that gratification. Like he addresses him first. Yeah. And so it was like, hey, it's your responsibility to make sure she's good before you're good. 
Well, and, and, and we'll go ahead and, you know, get a little more graphic, I guess. Okay. Um, Let's dive into it. You know, guys, guys are going to come. They're going to ejaculate. That That's almost, you know, you know, heck, we could, you know, at, at some point in time during puberty, we could rub up against the wall hard enough <laughs> and we've just in our pants. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it, it's, it's not, it's Deep not dive. a matter of whether or not we're going to have that release. Now, granted, ejaculation is different than orgasm, but at the same time, though, um, most men are usually quite content with just simple ejaculation. Okay, I've I've done it. I'm good. Let's move on, Um, which is why sex is usually a very short um, process for, unfortunately, so many folks, you know, whereas when we take that that scripture and we say, okay, well, if if this is if the primary focus needs to be a sexual gratification on her part, then we have to ask ourselves, okay, am I communicating to my, my, my wife? Am I asking her, what is it that you need or want? Yeah. You know, again, it goes back to that communication. So, you know, a lot of people call it foreplay, whatever. Um, you know, to me, for using the term foreplay is is more like a mandatory kind of thing. Okay, I've checked my box. We did the foreplay. Now we can get on to you know getting it inside and doing our thing. You know, um, yeah, man. As opposed to there are you know layers of lovemaking and and lots of different activities that can take place. And, you know, even if you're just looking at whether it's, you know, taking your time, laying side by side and and stroking one another or something along those lines, um, that's actually where typically women, and again, ladies, sorry, I'm only speaking from communications that I've had, um, it seemed to gain a lot of pleasure and, yeah. and, you know, yes, you know, they love to have orgasms, too. Um, but at the same time, uh, the attention, the tenderness, the emotion is is where they're really more so connecting. And so although, you know, yes, they still get pleasure from those other activities from actual intercourse or, you know, fellatio, whatever it is that, that, that you know, you feel comfortable engaging in. Um, but, um, it's, it's a matter of making sure that her needs, which are usually more emotional than anything else are met first. Oh yeah. That's something that, you know, you know, I'm not going to dive deep into, you know, my personal life just because my wife probably wouldn't feel comfortable, but it, it, it is more about that emotional, like it really is. If a woman is uh, sharing her feelings with another guy, that's kind of her form of uh, cheating in a way, like in, mm-hmm. in a way. So a man, like he could he could have a conversation all day long. It's not going to do anything for him. And if you understand, like you know, a lot of times a woman will be a feel, a feel upset with the husband if he is talking to other women about emotional things because for her, like that's that's the more important aspect of the relationship. And for most men, it's like, I'm just trying to get this thing taken care of. And so, right. and usually even with our, our spouse, a lot of, a lot of times <clears throat> a wrong view can be, I'm just trying to achieve this one goal. 
instead of right. I'm really trying to connect with my wife right now. I'm trying to understand where she's at emotionally, um, where she's at spiritually. You know, we can't forget mm-hmm. that we're spirit-filled beings. So we need to be uh, kind of making sure we're, we're good in that area too. Like usually sex is the result of all of that. Right. And, and that's one thing that we have to understand is like that's the that, – that's kind of the – not the end goal, but the end result. There is a difference. There is a difference. That shouldn't be the goal because if that's the goal, then we're just trying to hurry up and skimmy through all through the important stuff to get to that. And that's not the important thing. Right. And so I, I think we have to we have to understand that. And for most men, it takes stepping back and saying like, you know, and like Sean was saying, sometimes you just, you know, caress one another. Like, can I give my wife a back rub without expecting sex? Can I give right. her a foot rub without expecting sex? And if the answer is no, then you may want to check yourself. Like, you may need to, to pray to, you know, pray about it. Say, God, help me not have this incorrect view of my spouse. Yeah. And um, and again, we're speaking from man's perspective. I've never been a woman, so I can't tell you how a woman actually feels on the inside. Other than what, obviously, Sean and I have been uh, given information from our own personal spouses. <clears throat> but but again, you know, I think it's going back to getting to know, like, usually uh, my wife and I do much better if, like, you know, even after, like, long conversations where we're just kind of, we're, we're vulnerable to one another. Like when I'm my most vulnerable, that's when I feel most connected with her. Like mm-hmm. if I'm shutting myself off, if I'm not really expressing my true self, if I'm not giving her, uh, if I'm not putting myself in that weak and vulnerable state, then then usually, if we do have sex, it's not going to be quite as as um, I don't know as, as great. And, and I think that's you know. That's an issue for which has nothing to do with like orgasm, simultaneous or otherwise. Yes, it's there's there's always something far more in uh spiritual within that kind of um connectedness, physical connectedness, yeah. And so, but you know, and you think about it a lot of times, you know, again, going back to the, the vulnerability, like it's. I think sometimes it can be hard for men and women to be vulnerable with one another. And so we, we try to skip that, that state of the relationship and go straight for the physical elements of it. And, you know, you can be, you know, a person can be physical with anybody, but you can only really get emotional and, and really truly love and get to know somebody that you really, really, really care about. And that, that makes the big difference between, uh, a good healthy marriage and just people who have one night stands or messing around or just dating casually that, that kind of stuff. And so I think for men, our biggest challenge is um, kind of like Sean said at the beginning, like don't objectify your wife and just think like, Oh man, I can't wait to get home and X, Y, Z. Not that you shouldn't look forward to having sex, but that shouldn't be like the main focus in your spouse. Uh, there was a situation I heard about where there was a there was a wife who wasn't able to do that, and the husband was going to leave her, and he had to like he was almost at the point of divorce, and he finally realized this is not why I'm with my wife. Like I got to be able to go without that and keep my vows to her, 
Now, now, are you talking about just intercourse or some extra play? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I think it might have just been intercourse, but I'm not a hundred percent positive. And 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 you, and you know the thing is is that I I know that a lot of guys um, is, seem to talk about um, uh, oral sex a lot, and yeah. that that that's probably you know the wife's biggest hang up. She doesn't like to do it. She wants you know not to be too graphic. She won't swallow or whatever. Um, but the, the point is 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 that um, it's still not about your gratification. Right. Um, when you're talking about that that union, it is a spiritual connection. So you know, what if your your wife were uh, you know um, served in the armed forces and um, had the lower half of her body blown up by an IED? Yeah. What then? You you're just going to divorce her because she no longer has functioning parts for that sort of thing? I mean, come on. You know that 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 shows how shallow uh, your relationship is. First off, with God, and then secondly, is with your spouse. So you know, definitely, if that's a hang-up for you, I think you need to make sure that that you're checking your relationship with God first, um, because you know that is where we learn to be able to love our spouse and how important our spouse is to us. Um, and and so then, by natural extension, we won't objectify our wives, and then our wives won't ever feel like, you know, hey, my husband might be one of those guys that I've heard those stories about from you know other girlfriends. You know, you, your wife will be able to rest in assurance to know that, you know, my husband does his best to be, you know, to follow God, and to to be all of what God has called him to be, and he, you know, he puts me above you know, even himself and in right. his personal gratifications. Yeah, man. So, all right. I think, I think that's good. I mean, we, we could talk about all different elements and aspects of, of sex and all that, but I think that's probably the most important one we can actually address probably. and um, without dragging this on and on and on. So uh, men, and obviously we're men, so we're speaking mostly to men. I think most of our audience is men. It's, it's, Please get this right. Please get this right. Go to counseling, something, anything. And, uh, and, and obviously, sex is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's, it's not just for procreation. It's, it is for enjoyment as well. And we can see that in the New Testament and, and Song of Solomon. Um, but I, I think clear communication has got to be there. I think the desire to want to, uh, to, to serve your wife in that aspect needs to be there and to be selfless needs to be there, uh, for there to be a, a healthy sex life. So yeah, man, sex on the porch. I hope that wasn't too graphic for y'all. And, uh, and if you're, again, if this has been helpful, let us know if there's other aspects and elements of this topic you would like us to address. Uh, we can try to do that in a future, um, episode, future video uh, have you're consuming this and yeah, man. So we do want to thank our sponsors for the show, Patreon, Sam Blackwell, Jason Motley. Thank y'all so much for your support. True strength and, uh, and go check out the new clothing gears over there. Uh, we want to thank brutality, brutality for the early release for the early, um, I don't know, 
listening to the album. We're grateful yeah, for well, that. And, and really, that was uh, Rottweiler Records. So yeah, Rottweiler off. Records. Yeah. And uh, and also, we're going to put the that, that coffee drink that we did a review on, we're going to put that in this video segment as well, the, the recipe. So, but, you know, talk to your spouse about it. Let them know what you're doing. Don't just try to get all crazy. <laughs> And, and in fact, why don't you guys both uh, share a drink? You know, there you go. And then, there you know, go. Have a great Valentine's Day, too. everybody. We're going to end out the show this week for our podcast listeners with Empty Existence from Brutality from their upcoming album, Worldwide Desolation. So thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope this has been a blessing for you, and we will see you next time. Always remember, Jesus loves you more than we ever could. Peace. Thank you.